Hey, Claire, want to talk about sexy books today? Yeah, I do, Blythe. Awesome. <laughs> when you need a sexy escape from a world that's gone insane, erotic fiction with romantic addiction, we've got some wrecks if you care to listen. We all have an inch to scratch between our mind and thighs. So Okay, so I feel like I'd love to start this episode with how I start most of my days, which is by promoting this tea that I really love. This is a tea that is made by uh, my sister's mom, Tree Song, and her uh, store is called Tree Song's Cauldron, and she makes all these amazing teas that are from her garden. They're like witches brews and I love witches brews. Seriously, it is. It just feels like there's some that are for digesting better and there's some that are for like there's one that's called Fight Another Day that I swear just really makes me feel like I can fight another day. <laughs> like I just can't understate how important these teas have been and there's one called Tree Hug which don't you feel like sometimes you just need a tree hug? Oh my god, I do. Especially lately. I've like not seen a tree up close in like a month. I haven't left my house because it's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like smoke outside and shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I mean, I actually make like iced tea all summer long. And I always try, like, I feel very witchy when I make it because I get, like, a turmeric tea for my stomach and, like, raspberry leaf tea for my uterus and, like, all this shit. And then I put it all together as, like, one iced tea and it's delicious. And I feel like I'm a witch a little bit. I mean, that is the essence, right? It's just knowing which parts of the earth are going to help you with your different needs and being in sync with that with those things amazing i think that's true i think that's half of being a witch yeah i agree and the other half (laughs) is do could we identify the other half the other half is many other things but half of it is is just naked mystical witch stuff hell yeah (laughs) for me for sure right (laughs) (laughs) um so so what is that how can people get that tea well you can go to treesongscauldron.com and there's a whole bunch of information in there but there's also a link to her etsy shop which i think you could find by searching tree songs cauldron on etsy but there's also a number of other things like it's just such a thoughtfully put together package and all of the packaging is like biodegradable like it's just a really thoughtful store too but i just feel the i just really feel the love she's got some like different sprays and like a little roll-on um, thing, some like a, a smell thing that I, oh, it's called, um, oh, I have it right here, Root Down, and it's like this little roll-on, and you know, I, I just feel like I've been really trying to be more present um, 
like we're not going to go into all of the ailments of the world yeah. right now because <laughs> there's just too many <laughs> there's too many but what i what i'm trying to do is be present and sometimes smell is like the best way to get there for me oh my god i agree i literally just bought like 30 dollars worth of halloween candles at target and even though we're not supposed to really be like burning candles right now <laughs> just because of the air pollution but like it is transformative like I just feel so much happier and cozier and like time is actually moving when I have like the different scents of the seasons <laughs> me too I'm gonna go ahead and say that you are not responsible for this bad air quality if you burn some candles. Like, oh no, people were saying that you shouldn't burn candles because, like, it was bad for you on top oh, of the air pollution. Got it, got it. <laughs> but like, I guess a candle that's true. here and there, I think, for your mental health. I agree. It's you just so gotta, important. you gotta balance these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I. I feel like another thing that has come up in the since we last talked about sexy books is that I have started to listen to sexy books. So I now feel a little more equipped to talk about like yeah. the the audio books. Um, so I started listening to Baird to You, um, which is a really uh I feel like a really popular book. It kind of, um, I've, I never actually watched 50 or read 50 shades of gray, but it kind of has that, like, you know, that dominant vibe to it. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, it also is really funny because the narrator who read Baird to you also narrated, um, a book called you, should talk to someone by Lori Gottlieb and oh yeah we read that book yes but it was really funny to like hear (laughs) her also because like the main guy sounded like one of her patients because it was the same narrator and it was just like a little jarring but that's so funny (laughs) you never think of the people like when I listen to romance novels there's this one guy who has been the guy in practically all the books I've read. Like, he just must be the romance guy. The romance guy, yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, like, you don't think of those same people as reading nonfiction books and stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, people gotta get paid. And, I mean, she is an amazing professional. First of all, Bared to You is by Sylvia Day. And um, I don't know the actress who... Uh, performs these books but now if I reread or re-listen to um, uh, you need to talk to someone yeah yeah you need to talk to someone then I'm going to feel a little funny about it probably a little (laughs) sexier about it which is (laughs) I don't mind injecting more sexy into any of my any of my readings or any part of my life I feel totes totes Um, but it was I was able to like absorb it better than I thought but I I think it probably like the actress makes a difference and so I am listening to now a Serena Bowen one I think I'm I'm starting the True North series uh, on audiobook and so 
Oh, nice. Yeah. I've read three of those books now. All on audiobook, I think. Wait, which one did you just say you're reading? Uh, the first one. What is the first one, though? Ooh. I don't know in this moment. I've well, just started. Because I started with, like... The cult. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't think I've read that one, actually. Because I started with the fifth one, and then I read the second one, and then I read, like, the third one or something. So I've just been jumping around. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, they've all been really fun. I, <laughs> I've i been reading um, another Serena Bowen series about, like, men. I, it's in Vermont, too, actually, but it's all about snowboarders. Ooh. Yeah, and I fucking loved that one. Like, I loved it. <laughs> that one is gonna... The the second and third one are definitely gonna go down as, like, some favorites for me. Excellent. It. I imagine that there's some, like, good ambiance. Like, we're both really cold from the snow and, like, wet. And then... The f- yes, everybody... Okay. Uh, yes, everybody's Great. cold all the time. And you Excellent. gotta get warm. Oh, Yes. And what's the funnest way to get warm? With a dick. With a a pussy. Or both. Hell yeah. Or both. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Well, should we jump into the book we're talking about today? Sure. Yeah, we're talking Um, about The Deal by L. Kennedy, which is a book we read a while ago. Like, this was before we even started doing our podcast we were really into this book and this author l kennedy who sometimes works with serena bowen and yeah did they write him together yeah which was the first romance novel i think that i read i think so too maybe one of the first few that i read um and she also has the distinction of writing a lot and compellingly about college hockey players. Yep. <laughs> For a little while, I felt like all of the books I read were about college hockey players. And I didn't know how to really reconcile that. For a bit, I mean, but. I will say that I find hockey players like so much hotter than I used. I mean, I didn't used to think about hockey players at all, but now I see, I definitely see the appeal. <laughs> oh, I agree. <laughs> it's pretty much all that I think about when I think of ho- college hockey players. <laughs> to be honest. Same. <laughs> um, but all right, should I just go ahead and read the description? Yeah, I think that would be awesome. All right. Hannah Wells has finally found someone who turns her on. But while she might not be confident in every... Oh, sorry. But while she might be confident in every other area of her life... She's carting around a full set of baggage when it comes to sex and seduction. If she wants to get her crush's attention, she'll have to step out of her comfort zone and make him notice, even if it means tutoring the annoying, childish, cocky captain of the hockey team in exchange for a pretend date. (laughs) All Garrett Graham has ever wanted is to play professional hockey after graduation, but his plummeting GPA is threatening everything he's worked so hard for. If helping a sarcastic brunette make another guy jealous will help him secure his position on the team, he's all for it. 
But when one unexpected kiss leads to the wildest sex of both their lives, it doesn't take long for Garrett to realize that pretend isn't going to cut it. Now he just has to convince Hannah that the man she wants looks a lot like him. I love how romance novels give you so much of the plot. I think that the comfortingness of it must be like a really big draw for a lot of readers and not just us. (laughs) I think that you have hit the nail on the head. Like, I just, I'm not in romance to solve a mystery or to not know what's going to happen. I just want these delicious, sweet scenes and enough buildup to care about those scenes. (laughs) So... And then I just want everyone to be happy by the end. (sighs) Totally, totally. I mean, I will not lie. I do like my characters to suffer sometimes. I like a good angsty book, but I want them to be happy by the end. (laughs) It does, it feel yeah, you just need to care about it there. I mean, it's a fine line for me. Like, there has to be enough that you care about it, but also I don't want to get, like, stressed out and feel, like, literal anxiety while I'm reading it. I want to, like, feel still rest assured that it's going to be fine. Same, same, same. Well, um, I, this is, like, a great intro book. The character is just not enamored or obsessed with the fact that like a hockey player is talking to her um and it takes a while for garrett it's it's garrett and hannah are our main characters and it takes a while for them to even like really establish a relationship because um hannah's just not about it she's just not she's like a music major and she doesn't give a shit about the hockey team which feels very real to me I feel like I had no idea who the athletes were at my college like whatsoever not that we had like any good teams but it wasn't a part of my life during college at all (laughs) I agree in fact we had a hockey team and that would have been our biggest team like we didn't have a football team or yeah I think we didn't even have one but Um, I wouldn't have been able to recognize anyone and I would have been like specifically turned off if someone like was like, I'm on the the hockey team, so you should like bow down to me or something. I would be (laughs) not about that. So she felt immediately relatable in that way Mm -hmm. because she gets this an A on a midterm in like a philosophy class and yeah I really liked it because like everybody in the class and I really like I swear to god I related to so much of this book but like just her college experience I thought like I've been in those classes where the professor is just like super idiosyncratic and if you don't like perfectly write to their style or whatever like so like half their class will be failing but for some reason they like the way that you write (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so Garrett who is he lives with um he lives with all of the men that are going to be in this series so it's we've got Mm -hmm. Garrett we've got Logan we've got Dean and Tucker yeah 
Um, and each of them have their own book in the series. And I think we recommend all of them. I never read Tucker's book, actually. Tucker's book, I did read it. Um, I bet we won't talk about it on the podcast just because it's... I mean, the main premise is that he, like, sleeps with a girl and then immediately gets her pregnant. So, I don't know. I think. there. I can't remember it super well, but, like, there's not a ton of sex. And, like, I liked it, but I bet we won't talk about it. Yeah, it seems like the reason I haven't read it is not because that storyline specifically doesn't appeal to me, but just of the world of romance novels that I can read. Sometimes, like, I just, I like being able to talk about sex without worrying about pregnancy sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Same. It's definitely not my dream concept because it's, like, my literal nightmare in real life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, so, he lives with all of these guys. He's a hockey player, a frat, he's a frat member, but he doesn't live at the frat house and doesn't really care about oh, the frat Oh, yeah, it's, like, piece. kind of just by name. Yeah, it's kind of irrelevant that about this frat piece, but he fails this midterm like most of the students, and then he learns that Hannah got an A, and he's like, she needs to tutor me so that I can keep playing hockey. And then the next, like several interactions between them are like pretty aggressive on Garrett's end I feel and just trying to make Hannah tutor him I will say I've had I there was one time when I was in college and this guy wanted me to tutor him for a class that like he was doing really bad in and it was really annoying he didn't try to date me thank god but like he would just show up at my dorm room and like like with papers and try to get me to get him to tutor him and it was terrible I never did it though oh my god (laughs) yeah I feel like this was it was one of those moments where I was like like I this never would have worked for me like the more he pressed like first he he like goes to her he goes to her place of work he finds her phone number and texts her like there's a number of pieces where I was like I would have this for in real life would have ended with me screaming in his face to leave me the fuck alone like seriously especially because she's working like really hard on this huge showcase thing that she's doing like that could be really really important for her like she legitimately does not have time to tutor this guy and he is like so annoying and I don't think that I would ever be turned on by it at all (laughs) no but in the context of a book where like you also have these other pieces of information and also you just know that he's hot because they describe it in the book as something really sexy that is the other thing like the guy who tried to get me to tutor him he was not hot at all so you know i can't say for sure if i was you know, still in college and a super hot dude tried to get me to tutor him, I might do it. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I mean, I hate to say that because I don't like there to be those double standards, but I don't want to be dishonest and say like the hottest guy in your entire college is not going, like he probably is going to these, 
this would probably work for the hottest guy. Well, the thing guy. is that those kinds of guys are often also very confident and charming. So yeah. it is what it is. They're right. used to people, like, doing what they want. Right. And they don't have, like, they pr- they might have insecurities, but not in those same areas that many people have in college. So I feel like I had to kind of power through that that part, though, because I was really annoyed. Oh, and sidebar... She's got this this singing showcase that she has to do that's taking all this time. Now, I've not been a music major before, so maybe I'm wrong about this, but it seems like a positively obscene amount of time that she's rehearsing this one song. Like, oh my I God, just I know. cannot imagine. I've been in like choirs and acapella groups and stuff, and if you spent like nearly that much time, like what would that be? Like like 80 hours on a three minute song that seems absurd and like almost like it's prepare it's not preparing you for real life like a real professional would get their music like the day before and have to sing it perfectly so I was I don't feel like L. Kennedy has a solid grasp on what it means to be a music major but I forgive because I just liked that that was like her quality that she was this amazing singer. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't buy that challenge that she. They were rehearsing like several times a week, every week, all semester. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if she was putting on like a one woman show or even like recording a music video or something, I could imagine it taking the whole semester. But like one three minute live performance mm, I mean I guess it's lucky for her because like every single rehearsal something went wrong and like they changed something yes I guess this schedule was designed for her relationship with Cass (laughs) (laughs) yeah But I did like that she was a singer, and I liked that Garrett was, like, so touched by her singing. Yeah, me too. Like, the first time she sang to him, they weren't even dating or anything, I don't think. They were just, like, she was tutoring him, and she sang, and he was, like, so... Also, he was, like, so emotionally touched by it that I'm... There was a part in the book where he was, like, I haven't cried since my mother's funeral when I was 12, it's like, are you fucking serious? I'm really glad he started dating Hannah to, like, let some of those emotions out. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. I, oh, shoot. Yeah. Well, music can do that for you, especially music sang by your love. I know. I, I really liked that. I mean, honestly, in this book, Hannah was the MVP for me. Like, I related to so much of her. And Garrett was just like, I liked him. He was fine. He was understanding when he needed to be. That was definitely great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, I love Hannah. That happens to me a lot, where I just, like, fucking love the girl. And I'm like, the guy is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I think we've talked about it on this podcast before that, I don't usually care equally about both characters. There's usually one person that I'm really rooting for, and then the other person I am because I'm rooting for the other person. Totally. And they're in love with them. Um, 
I know exactly when Garrett kind of flipped the page for me uh, was like 30% into the book. And um, they had their like Breaking Bad moment where they like binge watch Breaking Bad. And then um, they like sleep together. And there's a good level of like, anxiety about it because Hannah reveals or it's it is known at this point that Hannah was um like drugged at a party and raped um and so she is really uncomfortable drinking at parties and she's really uncomfortable just like being in um you know she's ultra sensitive to being in precarious situations and so she does stay at Garrett's house. I think at some point he like drives her home from a party and um, so there's kind of a lead up, but then they watch Breaking Bad. She's too sleepy to go back home because they've watched like 20 episodes they watched, or like, something. They watched the entire obscene. first season in one night. At but least. the first season is only like 10 episodes or something. Oh. Well, they watch many, many, many hours. That's like 10 hours. hours. Yeah. And I feel like they started season two in that same binge. I think you might be right. How could you not? I love Breaking Bad. I have never watched Breaking Bad, but <gasps> oh my gosh, I bet I've I'll watched it find like it sexy four now. times with Corey. <laughs> well, Brian Cranston still is just Malcolm in the Middle's dad now for me. Fair. That's nice too. <laughs> he is great in that, but. They have this Breaking Bad time, and then Garrett is like, oh, I've never, like, had a platonic friendship with a girl before, and I love it, and we should stay friends. And then the next day, when they go into their class, um, Hannah, like, tries to flirt with this, so Hannah's, like, has this crush on this, um football player guy Mm -hmm. and so she like sort of flirts with this football player and then uh garrett intervenes because he doesn't love that (laughs) and then he goes and sits next to her in the class and her friend in the class is like totally incredulous about it and then he's like uh the friend is like what is going on between you and the star hockey player and she's like uh i guess we're we're kind of friends now and garrett is like there is no kind of about it. I heard you and we are best friends. So you just have to deal with that. And that was like the moment when he became super lovable to me. And I was rooting for Garrett too, where he just like, and I agree. It was just perfect. Honestly, when I went back to read this book a second time, I loved it so much more than I remembered loving it. Nice. I think that like maybe just, it was overshadowed for me a little bit by the mistake because I really loved that book so much. Yeah. But I think this one is just as good. And it was really, really heartwarming. It had so many, like, like, Garrett is a really, really good character. Like, he's a good guy. There's so many, like, little things that he does. Like, he really wants her to go to a party and feel comfortable. Yeah. So he, like stays sober the whole time and like watches her like a hawk and I mean to be fair like her best friend Allie does that too all the time for her yeah which is she has some good friends yeah yeah but 
Um, I mean, he's just as he should be. He's very, like, patient and understanding with, like, all of her kind of, like, sexual hang-ups and stuff, which, of course, she has, because, like, she... Her virginity, I mean, I don't want to, like, fetishize virginity, but her virginity was stolen oh. from her yeah. by a rapist, which is horrible. Yeah. I mean, just to have, like, a formative experience, like, that's your first experience, and yeah. to have it be so violent and so non-consensual is really um, profound, and I don't see how you you would... Well, there's a part where she says, let me see if I can find it. She says, like, oh, here it is. She said, a piece of shit didn't just steal my virginity. He stole my ability to have sex and feel pleasure like a healthy, red-blooded woman. Mm. Because, like, for, like, a lot of the book, like, with her last boyfriend, she could never have an orgasm when yeah. she had sex. And she's, like, very concerned through this whole book that, like, she'll never be able to do it with a guy because she'll just, like, never be able to trust him. Spoiler alert, like, of course she does. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I don't know. All of that was, like, super relatable to me. Yeah. Well, so, like, Garrett and Hannah make this this um, deal, the deal, the deal, where... <laughs> Uh, Hannah is going to tutor Garrett for like the next week for this makeup midterm exam and he is going to pretend to go with her to a party to like up her status so that this other football player will like her and before they get to the party they have a moment where um, Garrett's like, I mean, if people are going to believe that we're together, then you can't be, like, flinching if I touch you or anything <laughs> like that. And then it gets all playful, and he's like, I really feel like we need to have a warm-up and uh, that we should kiss right now. And it's, like, this dare thing, like, where he's like, the only reason, like, are you a bad kisser? And she's like, no, I'm not a bad kisser. And then they have, like, a really sexy, steamy kiss where uh, Hannah's just very excited. Um, there's some hilarity involved where a roommate walks in and then she, like, kisses the oh, roommate yeah. to prove. It's Dean, isn't it's it? It's Dean. Yes. yes. Who that I always think fun. of as James Dean, even, like, James Dean looking, even oh my though God, they describe him as blonde, which I, I disagree with. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I do not picture him blonde. But I don't Me picture either. very many people blonde. I sort of picture Logan blonde, but I can't remember if he's described as blonde or not. He's described as having dark hair, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. But he just feels more blonde to me than Dean does. <laughs> Nevertheless, it's a very sexy moment where Garrett is very mad because he's like, what the flip? You just kissed someone else right after he had this really steamy kiss. But for... And then they do end up going to this party, Bo Maxwell's party, who's, like, described as the most fun and nice football player. Yeah. Oh, that was actually, if I can just interject really quick, that was one of the other reasons I feel like we might not talk about the fourth book is because it was really sad, oh, too. Yes. yes. So, yeah, that's all. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's actually mentioned in the third book. Yeah, it is. It's but, in Dean's book that... Yeah. But anyway... We won't even talk about Bo, but, you know, 
sadness <laughs> happens around Bo. But at the party, as you described, um, Garrett is like really thoughtful about, or is this the one? I feel like there's two parties and one he's just not, he like, she says that a friend that like a friend was drugged. Um, oh yeah. But then, but basically she's like, I, she comes to this conclusion, like I'm really turned on by Garrett and Garrett's not like a relationship person, but we should just have sex so that I can see if I can have an orgasm because like he turns me on so much. So mm-hmm. I think like perfect logic, but Garrett doesn't like totally get it because she was like really not acting like she wanted to have sex with him before. <laughs> and during that party, oh yes, it was when she like was allowing or like really vigilant so that she could get so that she could drink. And um, so then she was like totally shit faced and was like all right i'm ready to have sex and he was like no i can't take advantage of you even though you have the most beautiful stripper tits i know that's how he describes it and i feel it um (laughs) but he doesn't like tucks her into his bed and he like takes off some of her clothes in like a nice way (laughs) yeah he's very maybe she takes off her clothes i can't remember but i think she takes off her clothes and he's like oh i'm gonna come immediately but also (laughs) we can't do this because you're drunk and then the next day she's like no i really do want to do it and he's like but why because like i get he was like I know you're attracted to me because I'm extremely attractive, but (laughs) what specifically made you change your mind about wanting to have sex with me? And then she, she is open about it. Like that. She just wants to see if she can have this orgasm. And so he like takes it really seriously. And he even, I think he asks Bo. No, he asks someone else. Yeah. Um, Which I really, he like, I especially liked that he, like he wants to ask his friend, I think he has his friend who, like, he knows his first, his girlfriend was a virgin when they got together or something. And he asks this guy, like, tips for having sex with a virgin for the first time, even though, because he doesn't want to, like, disclose, without even saying Hannah's name, like, he doesn't want to disclose what happened to her or, Mm -hmm. like, make there be any chance that his friend could figure it out without her telling him herself. Um, I just thought that was really nice and, like, correct. (laughs) Yeah, he was really considerate about it. Um, And the advice that he got was just, like, tons of foreplay, which I just want to say is great advice even with a pro. Sometimes foreplay is all you need. I know. I completely agree. I mean, I have a lot of vagina problems and, like, it's pretty hard for me to have sex without foreplay, to be honest. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you obviously have to take it on a case-by-case basis, but I think for starting out with any new person, for sure, at the very least. Yep, I agree. And he does a good job. He likes, he relaxes the situation by putting on more Breaking Bad. Yes. And <laughs> um, I think... He, I can't remember all exactly what they do, but like Hannah, not surprisingly, isn't like immediately cured just because she's super hot well, for Garrett. Don't she, they start out like jerking off in front of each other? Yeah, 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 yeah. So she like, they thought that they were going to have sex, but then 
she she was feeling she had the anxiety that she feels and she was her specific thing was like that she didn't want him to watch her um because right. that was like she, a triggering because one of the things is like she was drugged and mm-hmm. raped but she still remembers what happened she just yeah. wasn't able to move or do anything yeah so she has this like really triggering fear of being watched yeah. during sex and stuff it's yeah but then they just kind of masturbate together and it's great yeah and that's like a first for garrett he's never like jerked off in front of a girl like all the way so that's kind of nice like he's a little bit vulnerable too yeah and he just took the whole thing really seriously which i i really loved like that he wasn't nonchalant about it and then i feel like the next day he made her come by going down on her which was really fun for me to read too (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's pretty great i i'm into it i'm into all of these guys just desperately wanting to give girls orgasms (laughs) i agree and you get like a little more nuance for Garrett's character later. Like you learn about his dad, who's this famous hockey player and um, also like really beat, like physically beat Garrett and Garrett's mm-hmm. mom and Garrett's mom had like died of cancer. And there's like, no, really... he has a sad story. Yeah. And he like, to me, the saddest part is like he he was like relieved when his mom died of cancer because like then she wouldn't have to suffer from the dad anymore and the dad ends up inviting both hannah and garrett to thanksgiving for his new girlfriend and it's really clear that the girlfriend is being abused and um yeah so there is like a lot of uh challenge in garrett's life like at the first in the beginning of the book you just feel like he's this cocky rich like hockey asshole and then he and then he's you're like well he's kind of just more matter of fact like he he just you know says it how it is and he does lead a very charmed life and but he's not like well and the other thing is i don't think we mentioned this that his dad is like a super famous hockey player yeah and everybody thinks he's like amazing and they're jealous and like they want Garrett to like introduce them and he doesn't even want to like talk to his dad after his dad right. comes to all his games yeah and he's like all he does is give him a nod if he wins and if yeah. he loses then he just doesn't even look at him yeah <laughs> just the most dysfunctional thing yeah oh yeah well Garrett just saves his father's abu- abused girlfriend from being abused so that's all he does <laughs> I mean yeah well he just tells her like this isn't your fault and he's gonna do this forever and um and then she like leaves him right yeah I she think. leaves him but he but the dad does like intimidate Hannah first because he tells he like pulls Hannah aside like I guess they lose a game or something oh no um uh Garrett punches one of the friends of Hannah's rapists who like testified against Hannah right um at like an away game and then the dad comes to Hannah's place of work and is like you can't date Garrett anymore and you have to break it off and 
I will cut him off financially if you don't. And how is he going to like play hockey and stay in school if he has no money? And so Hannah just kind of is devastated, but follows this because she can't see any other way. And she knows that Garrett will choose her if he thinks that she loves him. Right. But it's very brief because then um, they're like miserable. They're, and then for like a very short amount of time. And then of course it comes out that his dad threatened her or whatever. Yeah. And it all works out somehow. (laughs) He has like, he He has has like like a a trust fund fund from his, from his grandpa or something. If only we all had a secret trust fund. (laughs) So true. Um, But yeah, all of the (laughs) orgasm issues are worked out and, um, yeah, it works out It's lovely. wonderful. I feel so happy for her because I, like, I have not had that exact issue of not being able to come with somebody, but I've definitely had times in my life when, like, when I was going through all of my problems where I was like, what if I'm never normal and I can never have a normal sex life? And it's just, you think that's really hard and scary. Even though nobody yeah. has, like, a completely normal sex life, but, like... You just want to be able to do what other people can do really easily, it seems. <laughs> yeah. I also just like the ability to explore other options for expressing your sexuality with someone. Like, you don't have to... I mean, I, I hope that it's clear that you don't have to, like, engage in penetration or I that know. specifically. But you could just masturbate to each other, too. And that's really vulnerable and erotic. Yeah, that's one thing that I really like about these college-aged books is that they do seem to explore, like, foreplay and doing other things other than just straight P&B sex. Yeah. Like, there's... That just feels so much more true to life for me personally, that, like, there are all these steps you go through before you fuck a new person. And... I firmly believe that, like, I love penetration, but I feel like if I had to list all of the things that I love, it would only be equal to other pieces of sex that I love. Like, I don't, that's not the end-all, be-all, like, holy grail of sex to me. Certainly, Cunnilingus is a top favorite for me, and blowjobs, oral sex in general, can't be understated in my opinion. I completely agree. (laughs) But I also feel like sometimes, like, I personally am not really into, like, being fingered, but I do feel like there is a lot of great action to be done with, like, a hand job or any mutual masturbation or anything like that, so. I completely agree. I mean, there, yeah, like, there's just, there's a long period of my life where I could not have penetrative sex like I had to find other shit to do there's lots of other shit to do (laughs) I feel like it's like if I was going to like begin my sex life again like if I was starting from scratch (laughs) with my sex life I feel like I would want to like extend the time before like penetration just because it's so like 
it's nice to savor all of these different steps. Like, it's so exciting. Even like, you know, the first time you kiss someone is so, like, it could be equal to like the 50th time you like had penetrative sex with someone, you know? Like, it's the same amount of excitement and to just kind of revel in those different moments and not race to the finish line, but really enjoy all of the, all of the different places or go back and explore those in a deeper way like I don't know I feel like sometimes just like like getting really excited about just a blowjob for a long time it's like that's gonna be a really great and special day dude I completely agree and I feel like I do that honestly yeah (laughs) like there are just times I don't know I'm definitely not anti-period sex, but sometimes I don't want to have sex on my period, so, like, that'll be a day that I do just want to, like, give a really great blowjob, because I I still want to do something, and that's what I want, because I like it. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it just shouldn't be underestimated how much, like, just giving pleasure, too, can be so much fun. And sometimes receiving pressure, pleasure, like, obviously it's pleasurable at face value, but it can also come with a pressure. And that sometimes just giving pleasure is, like, more, like, it can feel more pure in that moment. Like, I don't have to worry about what, how I feel and whatever. I can just enjoy how my partner is feeling. hmm I totally agree. And I feel like people don't talk about that enough. Yeah. I feel Mutual like it's always... pleasure is, like, really important, but... Yeah it can be really fun to like just be there for the other person yeah um oh the only other thing I wanted to ask was after she does finally have her orgasm like the first time she cries or I'm not sure if it's her I think it's when she has her first orgasm with him yeah um but have you ever done that have you ever cried after coming um I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I think that I am very emotional and cry over almost anything, so it wouldn't be that special (laughs) if I did, honestly. But I also orgasm easily enough that I think it's not like, you know, it is a profound experience, but I don't think it's like earth shattering the way that it was for for Hannah who didn't know that she could for sure I feel like it was definitely like mostly an emotional thing I definitely have come like really hard though and it just was like I have no idea why but it has made me cry like just in like a very cathartic like release kind of way and I don't even feel anything in particular (laughs) Cool. Oh, man, that's awesome. (laughs) I know. It's neat. It's just nice when you have, like, whether you cry or not, when you just have one of those, like, really, like, intense, cathartic orgasms where afterwards you're just, like, wrung out and, like, totally satisfied. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I feel like I am blessed in that department, but whenever that happens... I feel like I just want to, like, talk about it all day. Like, just be like, hey, Brian, remember when? Remember earlier today when that happened? That was fun. You know, that is how I feel, too. I feel like 
every like just practically every time I have sex then just for the rest of the day or like the next day I'm just like remember what we did yeah it was really fun right (laughs) (laughs) it's always fun to talk about after yeah well I always think it's nice to reflect on nice things in general it just helps to prolong that moment and to just really appreciate All of your orgasms, all of your orgasms deserve. I know. Well, especially because I feel like sex is like one of the only times that I'm like fully in the moment and not thinking about other things. Yeah. Which is dope. But then it's nice to like reflect on it afterwards. Yeah. Well, is I don't think there's anything else that that I need to talk about for this for this book it's a great first book I mean after you read it you're like yeah I'm gonna read the series yeah and I I hear about the rest of these hot guys I think it I don't know it only got better for me like I really liked all three of the books that we're gonna talk about like a lot (laughs) me too me too oh I do want to say that I've been really loving the different emails and and texts for people who know me more personally but just kind of all of the contact you you get all the social media um yes so we've been really enjoying hearing from our listeners and I just want to emphasize that um unless it's you've never heard us read anything specifically on our podcast from listeners and we're going to continue to not do that so if you want to share something like personal with us that's awesome and I just want you to rest assured that we're not going to be reading anything on air unless it's very explicit that we like we both agree to and that hasn't come up yet with any of our listeners so feel free to talk about whatever is really um, you know really interesting to you and and don't be worried that we're gonna be broadcasting anything because we just want to hear from you and we know all of this is intimate stuff that not everybody wants to share with everyone (laughs) yeah definitely definitely but we love hearing it (laughs) yeah love we really like hearing from everybody it's been like a very fun journey so far totally All right, well, listeners, go forth and masturbate.